your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will be going over five positives and five negatives so far this season for the Avalanche, almost a month into the season. So look at what's been going good, what's been going bad. And there's still some COVID stuff to talk about. And we did a lot of COVID stuff last week because that was the topic. Let's get real. Uh, but kind of wanted to, to focus more on some team-specific stuff and some player-specific stuff because I know if you're like me, you can only take so much of just nonstop COVID talk. It's important, and it's where the Avalanche are, and we will talk about it today for a little bit. But also want to get into what the Avalanche have been doing <coughs> good and bad. So all of that stuff and maybe a little bit more after we do first things first, which is follow the show on social media outlets. Follow on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And definitely send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So we will start there. We will start with the latest on the coronavirus and the Colorado Avalanche. So we all know where they stand right now. No games until at least the 11th, which is Thursday, which would be a full week that they would be out of commission, which would be five games. We hope that's the end of it. Over the weekend, I think it was on Super Bowl Sunday, I think, uh, it did come out that Sam Girard was added to that list. So the Avalanche now have three players in Tyson Jost, Gabe Landeskog, and Sam Girard on the COVID protocol list. Once again, it does not mean that they are positive. It means they're being watched. Also, because a lot of this came from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota has added another player. So their total is starting to approach the New Jersey Devils. They have 11 on their their team right now <clears throat> and i mean what are the what do what did the avalanche have to do to just get some breaks when it comes to stuff like this on the ice they're doing fine the results i should say are fine they're still they have a lot of injuries and the team that is just has players left and right going to the covid protocol list just happens to be the team the Avalanche played three straight games. Now, if this was Minnesota and the Avalanche played them maybe like towards the beginning of the season or maybe that second series, you would say like, okay, you know, there's still some concern because they played them the week prior. But all of this stuff with Minnesota is happening while they are playing the Colorado Avalanche. And I know that's not news to anybody, but when you put it into the the mold of it just seems that everything happens to Colorado at the worst opportune time, uh, the, the most unopportune time, I should say, it just it seems like it's par for the court. Like, yeah, sure. We, we have another injury. Nathan McKinnon got injured. There, you know, Eric Johnson got injured. 
oh, we played a team that has a raging coronavirus break through their locker room while they're playing us. Par for the course. It, it, it just blows my mind all of the stuff that goes wrong for the Colorado Avalanche. And despite it all, through it all, the results on the ice are still what you want. They're still getting points. It's in one hand so infuriating. And on the other, it's like, well, how mad can you get? Because they're they're winning games. They're up in the standings. They're still, you know, having missed the games that they've missed, and now Vegas is back, now they're playing, they're still tied for first right now. So it it's if this was the other way around, if it was I say other way around in terms of the results on the ice were not what you would expect and want in getting wins and getting points, your arms would just be in the air between last year and this year saying, when does it end? It's almost like the Truman Show. Like, how is this going to end? But you can't, I mean, sure, you can get upset about, you know, why does this continue to happen to the Avs? And I think you're right in saying that. But you can't complain all that much because they still produce. And if that isn't a testament to Jared Bednar, I don't know what is. I mean, this guy needs to start getting some some more recognition in terms of what he is able to do. Because now you're doing it, well, we'll see. But the word is, if the Avalanche do come back on the 14th, the you know they're not playing until the 11th, but their next game is not till the 14th, Nathan McKinnon could come back for that game. Devon Taves could come back for that game. But if they're out, if, if they continue to be out, I don't think McKinnon's going to be out for, for much. Like he might miss a, a game or two. But let's just say like he was out for a little while and – Having Nathan McKinnon out and you continue to win games and, and you know, stay up in the standings, that's all Bednar. Sure, it's players on the ice. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, players got to play. But, you know, he's he has been able to mix and match lines with success for the most part. So I think Jared Bednar needs to be uh, kind of held up there with the best in the league for what he has accomplished. And we always say, especially after that very first season, which was ugly, uh, he's completely turned it around. And that is a distant memory. And nobody even thinks about that when they talk about Jared Bednar anymore. They think about it in the fact of he started out that way. And now look what he's done. That's impressive. But they don't look at it as uh, as if to say like, oh, that's when, when is he going to revert back to that those coaching standards? That's not going to happen. But it's where we are right now with the Colorado Avalanche. Let's hope these, the you know, we didn't get anything on Monday. Uh, Gerard was, I'm most positive Gerard was Super Bowl Sunday when he was added to the list. So nothing on Monday. If there's nothing on Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday, you, you probably get back on the ice on Thursday. But this another player, and I don't have it in front of me, but the, another player from the Wild getting added how much of that affects the avalanche and you have to take that into account you have to take what the avalanche are doing on their own time when they're not because they're not in the facility right now so what are they doing you would hope that they're being smart and they're just staying home and not doing anything hunkering down playing video games catching up on netflix 
and not going out. But these are some a lot of this is, Colorado team is a young team, and they don't want to be holed up in the house. So hopefully, if they do go out, they do it the smart way, mask up, and you know you're not you're not in a, a tough situation where you might have to go on to this list. And some of it is coming from the Minnesota Wild. And the more wild players that get nabbed and put into this protocol list, you have to turn around and say, like, okay, like, how many more guys were, you know, on the same line? It really doesn't matter what line they were on. If, if he was on a line against Colorado, playing against Colorado Avalanche, you know, that Avalanche player infected whoever many people. It, it's just, it's so difficult to really contact trace all of this. And actually, in a way, it's not. I mean, it's like you're playing against this guy. You probably should be put on the protocol list. And I, I, I'm i amazed three guys on the Colorado Avalanche are on the list so far. I'm amazed. So we have to get through these next couple days. And then we will see. I guess the good news is they don't play till the 14th. So the 11th is when, you know, things were shut down. So that's a full week. So if things are good, maybe they're let back into the facility on Friday and Saturday and then play on Sunday the 14th. So they actually have a couple more days, you know what I mean, to, to get some results back and do some more contact tracing. It's not just the 11th, it's over and back to normal. You know, they just shut it down for a week. I would assume that shutdown means for the facilities. So if things are good on the 11th, they open it back up. You still have two more days to figure out if anybody needs to go on the list. And then hopefully... You get puck drop against Vegas because that's a big series, four-game series. And then the following week, we got Tahoe. So it's got, there's there's no games for the Avalanche this week, but it's going to be an exciting week to see where this thing goes. And we will be here for the ride. So, all right. Let's hear from our friends over at betonline.ag. And the Super Bowl is over. Uh, did it turn out the way that you wanted it? Didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but which is odd saying that because you know being a Bronco fan, rooting for the Chiefs, just didn't want Tom Brady to get another one, and he did. So we move on, Tom Brady dislikers. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is the grand poobah when it comes to betting, but that does not mean the betting world comes to a halt. There's still so many things to bet on, and if you don't believe me, just go to betonline.ag. You can sign up for a free account. If you just want to sign up for a free account and look around, you can do that. You don't have to put money into an account to look around. So sign up for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So whatever you want to put in there, if it's 100 bucks, you get $50 extra to play, to play with. So do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So the Avalanche aren't playing, but they do have a handful of games under their belt. And some good, some bad, some so-so. But there has been good things going on, and there has been some bad things going on. And why not take out five of those things for the negatives and the positives and, and discuss them? So I figured we would start, you know, 
when people are presented with, you want good news first or bad news first, people usually want the bad, bad news first, which I think is appropriate because then we can end on a, a high note. So I would say we'll start with the five negatives so far for the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think you can have any sort of list like this without putting injuries on there. They continue to be a thorn in the side of the Avalanche. And I think the question will persist, is this conditioning? And it's not. It's really not. I mean, it's maybe maybe the Francos injury could be if we knew what it was, but we don't. Um, so hockey, most, most of the time hockey injuries are just freak accidents. With the way the game is played, people, you know, block shots are you know, through the roof. That's just the way the game is played. The speed... Uh, the guys are bigger, faster, stronger. Injuries are going to happen no matter how well-conditioned you are. And uh, the last time I checked, that puck is pretty hard, and these guys can shoot pretty fast. And it's going to leave a mark. And sometimes that will keep you out for a couple games or a week or two. And if you look at the injuries for the Avalanche, that's it kind of falls in line with that. Especially like the Belmar one, the Taves one. It's just... Uh, the Eric Johnson one, they're all hockey plays and you can't do, you, you can't do any more push-ups. If, if Belmar did extra put up push-ups or extra sit-ups, he, he still would have gotten injured. So, but the, the rate at which the avalanche get injured, I mean, I pay attention to the avalanche more than other teams, obviously. And I don't know if there's something out there where they have like a rate of injury or I'm sure there's something out there where it's like missed games, um, I, if the Avalanche aren't near the top of that, I would be absolutely shocked. So definitely injuries are a negative, but like I said in the beginning, they still are, are playing well. They're still playing well in terms of the standings, despite all of them. Um, I think a second negative for the season was just how it started. <clears throat> and specifically that first game against St. Louis. Ugly game. And I said at the time it was an ugly game by by both teams, and I still stand by that. <clears throat> but, you know, the Blues played the less ugly game. And if you look at the standing or the the score of 4-1, to one, you would think like, oh, well, well St. Louis must have played it. They, they really didn't. They really didn't play a good game. <clears throat> but Colorado played a god-awful game. And you would have thought the team that was the odds-on favorite to win it all, uh, knowing that they have a good team, knowing that they're going up against a regular division rival would have been up for that. The first game of the season, you, you would think they would have come out flying. And in a way they did. It was a Burkowski goal uh, on a power play and things were looking good, but something happened. Maybe, maybe they thought, wow, this is going to be too easy. Cause I think he scored that goal within the first five minutes. And maybe they thought this is just too easy. And rested you you don't want to think that but uh for the rest of that game it was st louis's defense was was great in that game uh everything else was a little suspect but um that was that was eye-opening and a little bit of a shock to me how that season started and then if you want to go on from that uh, they followed that up with a very good game and at the end of six games they were three and three so you could took or you could take some some good things out of those six games and some negative but again they didn't have a preseason so it was if you think about it it's a little bit to be expected and 
after those six games, it's been it's been pretty good. You would have wanted them to start off, even if they lost that for and they did lose that first game clearly, but played better in a loss. I think you would have been happy with that. But they played poorly in a loss, and that's you know you don't want that at all. The next three, well, the next two are are got are specific players. Uh, and the last one is definitely a specific player, but more honed in on one thing. So uh, in terms of players, singling out Graves and Comfer, um, I, in, you know, I've talked about them in the past. I think Graves was he, – he was being eyed a lot uh, going into this year because of the season he had last year, because of the new contract. I don't know if people were expecting him to – completely replicate what he did, but I think they were expecting him to get off to a better start than he has this year. He's starting to pick it up. Uh, He's played 10 games so far. They pulled him from one game to kind of just give him a little break right in the beginning. I think it was like either the third or fourth game. Uh, And he, so 10 games so far, no goals, a single assist. And the thing that everybody hung their hat on Ryan Graves last year was his plus minus from last season. And it was the best in the league. It's escaping me exactly what it was, but it was in the, I know it was 40, it was 40 something, maybe like 43. It was a plus 43, plus 44 in that realm. And so far this year, he's a negative five. And plus minus has its issues when you really dive into that stat, but it's still used every day and it's still somewhat of a good barometer on how a guy is playing and that you know that is a a polar opposite of the ryan graves we had last year he like i said he seems like he's starting to pull out of it a little bit uh but he just he just looked uncomfortable early in the season and when you think about it (coughs) excuse me you would Maybe think like, well, yeah, like nobody expected him to have the season he had last year. And now he's got a brand new contract and more eyes are on him. That's pressure. And it's something that he's never had in 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 his hockey career. So I think it's something that he can correct. And I said at the time last week, this pause, uh, the week pause for the avalanche could help him. So he could be somebody to watch when they come back to after he really watches tape, uh, see what's going wrong. Just seems that he's uncomfortable with the puck for whatever reason. Has had some really bad turnovers in his own zone. So um, I think he can turn it around. Absolutely. I mean, the, the numbers he put up last year are not fluky. But now people know his name. And uh, he needs to be okay with that. And he needs to play like he, uh, the contract that he's earned. He needs to play like it. And JT Confer is in the same boat. I, I've been a fan of JT Confer for a while. I think when he's on, he he is a a hard-nosed player. Um, and he seems like a guy that shows up for the big moment. And especially in playoff time, I love how he plays in playoff games. But he doesn't do that full bore like that Nathan McKinnon style that you're used to. Um, that's not him. Like, it seems like, I don't want to say he takes games off, but, uh, he, he shows up for the big occasions and he needs to treat every single game. Like it's a big occasion. So he's got 11 games in one point or excuse me, one goal, one assist, and that's it. And a negative two on the season. So 
I think when Bednar brought him up to that third line for that, or the, excuse me, from the third line to that first line for the one game without Nathan McKinnon so far, I think it was to, to kickstart him because they know what he can do. Um, and he said it. He's not happy with his play. So um, two guys that could definitely, that, that have not been playing super well, but can, and maybe this little break helps them. Finally, the last one, and this one, you know, I think people are going to maybe gasp, gasp when I say it, but I'm, I'm being specific about one area, and I don't think you would disagree with me. I think a negative for the first chunk of the season is Nathan McKinnon when it comes to goal scoring. And, yeah, I mean, everybody says it'll come, it'll come. I mean, and look, he, he's got 10 games in, and he's got 14 points. But two of those are from goals. And this guy's a goal scorer. And he has hit umpteen posts. I get all that. But you want your you don't you don't want your superstar like Nathan McKinnon kind of going into a goal rut. And if I had told you at the beginning of the season, ten games in, Nathan McKinnon would have two goals, I don't think people would be particularly happy with that. I know Nathan McKinnon's not happy with that. But, you know, he's a lot of people are looking at him for heart trophy candidacy. And, uh, you know, he, he is a top tier player in this league. And yes, you go through ups and downs through the league or through the season. But when it starts off like that, just goal scoring again, please focus in on the goal scoring part of it. And then when you look up in Edmonton and see what Dry Seidel and McDavid are doing, it's like, oh, they're, you know, off to a great start once again. And Nathan McKinnon seems to be struggling when it comes to goals, scoring goals. Still very much active, clearly, by the 14 total points he has. And in one aspect, you can look at it as, well, he knows that he's struggling a little bit to score goals. He's not going to stop shooting, obviously, but he's getting guys involved in other ways, which is through assists. And he's always going to be looked at. Teams are not looking at Nathan McKinnon and be like, oh, he's struggling to score. Let's ignore him. That, that is clearly not going to happen. But for whatever reason, maybe it's just the posts. Maybe that's the reason. Uh, he, he He's only netted two goals this year. So am I concerned about it? Not in the least. Yes, it will start turning around for him. And, you know, those goals that are – or those shots that are going off the post are going to go in the net. But when you have – you know, when you're, when you're a superstar player, you – I'm sorry, but you kind of get thrown into that realm of – you should have more than two goals right now in, in 10 games. And maybe that's harsh, but he would probably agree with me. Uh, and and again, are we worried about Nathan McKinnon? Not a single iota. We're fine. All right. Um, quick little break, and then we're going to talk about the five positives. But we're first going to hear from Built Bar. And the new and improved Built Bar is better than ever, and they have 18 amazing flavors such as caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon on almond cheesecake apple almond crisp just to name a few built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market they are covered in 100 chocolate they are soft and they're easy to chew they're more like a candy bar than a re- than your regular protein bar they're great for the health conscious guy or girl lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for the keto diets most bars have 19 grams of protein, 180 or 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, 
insanely good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKEDON and you get 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, back with five positives so far. Went over the five negatives. And now we are going to end the show on a positive note by looking at the five positives so far for the Avalanche. And there's clearly more than just these. And, you know, when I pick individual players, you could slot in different players here. But I'm, you know, you go with five and you're you're limited. So outside of the players, I think the the best thing going for the Avalanche right now is the special teams. And that penalty kill and that power play are are doing very well with you know especially the penalty kill um penalty kill right now is is number is dropped to number two in the league because of those pesky san jose sharks san jose is a 92.2 percent penalty kill while the avalanche have an 89.7 so um maybe because the sharks have eight more games played than colorado might have something to do with that but still, uh, that that's impressive. So Colorado number two. I don't. Everybody was talking about their power play going into the season, which is legit because they were middle of the road last year and should have been better than that with the talent they have. So not many people were really talking about their penalty kill, but that's just as important. And the Avalanche number two in the league right now with penalty kill at one point. They gave one up to Minnesota, which was the first one, I think, in like 23 or 24 uh, penalty kills in a row. So very, very impressive. And then the power play has gotten better. It's at just under 27%, 26.9%, which is good for eighth. And that's a vast improvement so far. So they were 18 or 19 last year. So they're in the top 10 right now. And they had they were up near thirty two percent thirty around that they were like four or five for a little while, and it has dipped a little bit. So definitely one thing that they want to get back into a good flow with is their their power play because it started off great and that eight to nothing game against St. Louis when they they were six out of seven, but one was taken away and they went five out of seven. Uh, that kind of set the tone for where they are right now. But like I said, it's gone down a little bit. Uh, so you want to watch that power play when they get back on the ice. Hopefully they can pick up where they left off at the beginning of the season. And the rest, uh, pretty much player specific. And we'll start with Grubauer. Grubauer has been, I mean, if you want to pick an MVP for this team, I think, you know, the votes would go around. Um, I think Grubauer would get a lot of votes. Nine games played so far, seven and two, 1.67 goals against, 0.934 save percentage, two shutouts. He's been what they need in more ways than one. He's been what they need because you want to, you know, quiet those people who are saying the goalie situation is going to be the Achilles heel for the team and you don't have Pavel Francouz right now as your backup. So he's had to step it up more probably than what Bednar has wanted, uh, but he's had to do it, and he has answered the call. So it's only nine games. That's a small sample size. You want to see more. You want to see a full season of him healthy. 
and uh, continue to play this way. And if he does, you know, Vesner or not, I mean, if he, if he if he gets if he gets some votes for that, great. But I think Avalanche fans just want a full, healthy season out of him playing well. And uh, so far, like I said, nine games, he's done it. So he's definitely definitely positives for this year. Miko Rantanen is obviously another one. Again, uh, with Nathan McKinnon struggling to score goals, Miko Rantanen hasn't. He's picked up that slack. Uh, he's benefited from Nathan McKinnon feeding him in, in some of those goals, definitely. But Rantanen was he's been hot pretty much since since the jump. And uh, seven goals, three assists, ten points. So he's been uh, – it's nice to see him get out to a, a, a good start. Uh, and, you know, with last year, injury-riddled season, not that people were doubting if, you know, he had the ability, but they, everybody knows he has the ability. But he was another guy where it's like – just seemed like the injury bug ca- caught him a lot last year. So for him to stay healthy, get off to a really good start – that's what you, as far as goals go, that's kind of what you want to see out of McKinnon to score the goals. And if once Nathan McKinnon comes around, um, you can shut the door on that. That first line is incredible. Uh, Devon Taves, I think um, that, you know, the trade that everybody talked about was the sod trade. And everybody was, was thinking that was like the deal of the offseason for the Avs. Uh, the, the Taves trade is looking to be even more so. And we've talked a good amount about possible players the Avalanche could freeze for this draft. And Taves was really, before this even even started, it was never on that list. People were throwing it to Graves and saying it would would be Graves. They'd have to keep Johnson if he doesn't want to do the no movement clause, uh, if he doesn't want to move on from it. And obviously McCarr. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, That's all changed. Uh, I don't see how there's any way they, again, short sample size, but the way he plays with Kale McCarr, I mean, good Lord. Like, he 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 is going to be a solid, solid player. He's a great defender. He has a really good shot. Um, I've really liked what I've seen from Devon Taves, and especially playing with on the pairing with Kale McCarr. It's nasty. Nasty. So, um, and then finally, Kale McCarr. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am kind of like the ringleader of getting this man some heart trophy votes. And if it takes away from Nathan McKinnon, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, not really what it really is intended for. But I think a defender who plays the way he plays uh, deserves more than just a Norris trophy. And I think he definitely will get some as the season goes on in full, I think he'll get some heart trophy recognition. But the way that this guy plays is, I mean, you don't throw the term transcendent around a lot, but damn, he could be. He is a nasty, nasty hockey player. And yeah, people are afraid when Nathan McKinnon's on the ice. Uh, If both of these guys are out on the ice at the same time, which they are a lot, I don't know how you – I mean, you got to be on your toes every second of your shift. He is – He. Is, I've said it before, his edge work is, is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And he has a quick, 
deceptive shot. Uh, his skating is incredible. He is not afraid. He's not afraid to engage and get you know mix it up behind the net, in front of the net. His game is as close to a full, perfect game as you can get in the NHL. And you know he's second on the team right now in points behind McKinnon. I can't say enough about Kale McCarr. He he came in with a lot of fanfare, and he has been as advertised and then some. So let me know what you guys think. Five uh, five positives, five negatives. You don't have to give me five, but just things that you think the Avalanche are doing well and things that they need to improve on. Would love to hear from you. LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. So that'll be it for today, everybody. If we get news, let's just – let's hope we don't hear news, believe it or not. Well, the news that we want to hear is, is that – we're on target to start back up on the 14th. We don't want to hear another player has been added to the COVID list. We don't want to hear those things. So we want to think positive, positive, negative thoughts when it comes to COVID, if that makes sense. So, all right, guys, that's going to be it for today. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day. And uh, we will see everyone tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.